Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Out of this world. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. The U.S. in post-World War II had a red-hot economy, an ice-cold war with the Soviet Union, and atomic energy dominated the news. It also had something else, UFOs. The whole story started with Kenneth Albert Arnold. He was an American aviator, businessman, and politician. He's best known for making what is considered the first widely reported modern, unidentified flying object sighting in the United States. Arnold claimed to have seen nine unusual objects flying in tandem near Mount Rainier, Washington, on June 24, 1947. This was only the first of what would be hundreds of claims. This is the 1947 flying disc craze. I love it. I love it. Bring on the UFOs. Bring on the tall grays. Bring on all of the alien life forms that we may or may not have seen. Arnold was considered the man who introduced the world to flying saucers. That day, Kenneth was flying from Idaho with his Cal Air A2 plane over Mineral, Washington, to an air show in Oregon. He was also doing a little exploring on the side near Mount Rainier, probably for the $5,000 reward that was up for anyone who could find the Marine Corps C-46 transport airplane that had gone down in the area recently. Suddenly, as Arnold would later recall, he saw a bright flashy light, like a glint of the sun, when it hit a mirror facing it, the light was very bluish. At first, he thought the light must have been coming from another plane, but when he looked around, all he could see was a DC-4 that seemed to be flying about 15 miles away from him, and it was not flashing at all. Then he knew something else was going on. Just then, the lights came again, this time in a series, nine flashes in rapid succession. What Arnold saw that day, in his report on the UFO wave of 1947, was airborne objects that were flying in a, quote, a diagonally stepped-down echelon formation. The way they assembled, quote, stretched out over a distance that he later calculated to be five miles, the objects seemed to be flying on a single horizontal plane, but they also weaved from side to side, occasionally flipping and banking, darting around. Arnold would say, like, quote, 
the tail of a Chinese knife. They moved in unison, Arnold said. They didn't seem to be piloted. Once Arnold realized the objects were not, in fact, commercial jets, he said he quickly figured he was witnessing the testing of military aircraft. He later dislodged his first assumptions when he reasoned that if they were military, then the objects would be very advanced aircraft. Arnold, still trying to figure out what he was looking at as he flew over to Mount Rainier, decided to focus on the vehicle's speed. He calculated the time it took the objects to travel between Mount Rainier and Mount Adams, a distance of about 50 miles, a minute and 42 seconds. It was a rough approximation, but it would also mean that the objects were traveling at a rate of roughly 1,700 miles an hour, which would mean they were traveling around three times faster than any aircraft was capable at the time. The formation of flying objects was flying, actually, more than twice the speed of sound. Chuck Yeager didn't make the generally acknowledged first supersonic flight until later that year. An hour later, after the whole drama that went up in the sky, it was around 4 p.m. Arnold landed his plane at the airship in Yakima, Washington. He was a frequent visitor there, and he told the staff and friends of his about the strange objects he's seen. The story, as you'd expect, spread quickly throughout the small town airfield. And then Arnold went about his planned trip. He proceeded to an air show in Pendleton, Oregon. What he didn't know, however, was that after he left, one of the guys from Yakima had called someone in Pendleton, spreading the news of the sighting outside of Washington. The story took on a life of its own, and Arnold's claim, as many rumors already started to spread, even before the official investigations were concluded. The 1947 flying disc craze was a rash of unidentified flying reports that were publicized in the summer of 1947. The ever-apt media are very active in picking such stories. On June 25th, Arnold ended up at the offices of the East Oregonian, a Pendleton newspaper. He told reporters about his sighting. He emphasized the, quote, unidentified as much as the, quote, flying objects. He described their movements, saying that they flew, quote, like a saucer if you skipped it across the water. The media then immediately reported on a nationwide newspaper featuring civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold's story of witnessing the disc-shaped objects, which headline writers dubbed, quote, flying saucers. Such reports quickly spread through the United States. Historians later chronicled at least 800 copycat reports in subsequent weeks, while other sources estimate the reports may have numbered in the thousands. Wow, that is absolutely wild. Also, what a wonderful thing that this guy had the wherewithal to calculate everything and to describe it in such like a specific and poetic way. I'm sure that was foundational to all of this shit spreading. But also, like, don't run your mouth in front of friends and colleagues if you don't want stuff to get out, especially stuff about aliens. Loose lips sink spaceships. Oh, nice. That was nice. That was nice, right? That was good. I like that. 20 years of improv. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. Reports peaked on July 7th after numerous hoaxes and mistaken identifications. The disc reports largely subsided by July 10th. Mainstream sources speculated the disc reports were caused by novel technology, mistaken identifications, or mass hysteria. Fringe speculation held that the disc might come from other planets or other dimensions. Still, others suggested the discs were occult-like or might signify the end of the world. The 1947 craze has been extensively studied within the frameworks of both folklore studies and religious studies, where it's regarded by scholars as, quote, the birth of the modern myth. Wow, that's, a, that's important. That's really important. It's very lofty. I think we have this idea, it's so entrenched in us that like a Small silver saucer in space means UFO, means aliens, means other planets. But I like hearing that it's a sign of the end of the world. Like, it's fun hearing those early beliefs and conceptions around what they could be, aside from, like, military testing. And it pretty much set the tone of what things would look like in, in movies and television and how people would describe things. Yeah, that's a great point, too. Because it could have been – at that point, 
what an alien or UFO, even the word you, even the acronym UFO it's conceived of here. It could have been literally anything, but it wasn't. It was this. Up next, the Russians Ooh. after this break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi. Hello. How are you? Checking in. How's it going out there? What's up? Yeah. What's the haps? Plowing through December. Just plowing through. (laughs) Slogging or plowing. I didn't know which verb to use. You can use whatever you want. Maybe just, you're skipping through December. Just sh- shuffling like a cognitive machine. That's how I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, no. I like being a cognitive machine. Yeah, he likes it. He I likes feel it. included. What do you like out there? <laughs> yeah. Independent thought. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thanks. No. Give me big box everything. That's right. Mr. Bezos. We want to say thank you to anyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Spreading the good word, sharing, supporting. Thank you, especially around this holiday season. We want to give back to you with thanks and joy. That's all I have, though, so don't ask for anything else. And a new car, car, <laughs> no. car, 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 car. <laughs> While I drive an old car, 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 oh. car, car. And sorry, I'm a bit <laughs> of a fringe outcast thinker. How are you? I want to say what's up to the lowercase g government. Wow. It's very revolutionary of you. I'm rock and roll. Ooh, that's right. That's very punk. Hello. Introducing in the house the coolest cats. Hell yeah. The mayors cruising in in a <laughs> 58 Chevy. Couldn't get a 57 Chevy. No, one year later. Listen. <laughs> one year later, it's like, well, all right, you're trying. The APR rate was much more reasonable. Ashley Matson. Hello. Rock and rolling <laughs> in a. 1958, same year. Whoa. Coupe de Ville. Great year for ghost town government. <laughs> it's the 50s, baby. <laughs> Woohoo. Cats. The cats. Cool cats. Cool, cool cats. Hot cars. Hot cars. Sleek as hell. Someone's playing a saxophone and a fire escape. Yeah. All the cars are very wide and low and fun colors. Dangerous as hell. That's <laughs> true in many, in ways that you wouldn't even have imagined. Charlie Gilbert. Hello. Cruising in on a 1950, you guessed it, eight. <laughs> Whoa. Harley Davidson Roadhog. <laughs> Big old handlebars. <laughs> That's great. You've got some fringe. It's loud. Wind. People are trying to sleep. Yeah. Hey, come on. It's a Tuesday night. <laughs> Why are you revving your engine in front of my house? Cat <laughs> Joselle. Hello. Hello. 50, it was a great year for Ghost Town. And then... Our governor. <laughs> Cruising in on a 2058. 
Whoa! Honda Accord. Oh, sensible. But good it's in for, the future. Good for you, though. Good but for it's you. in the future. Yeah, it's going to last you forever. It's like, oh, you got a car 20 years in the future, but it's sensible still. <laughs> exactly. For the rest of her future life. Our governor, Avian Noble. Noble. So you want no ads, no chit-chat, working on a bonus for the month. That's right. Hold on to your horses and hats. Both. And your, your horsepower, if you're in your cars. This <laughs> is a real cars. car man. I'm a car man. <laughs> I'm a. I'd say I'm a car. I'm a car boy and a bicycle man. Whoa, How's whoa, that? that's. Uh, I think untrue, but sure. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no chit chat. You want the bonus episodes? You want to burn through these without hearing any ads or any of that? Yeah, you do. You want to support? Head on over to Patreon.com/slash Ghost Town Pod. That's right. And as always, especially around the holiday season, if you want a tarot read, if you don't, if you want to tell me to fuck off and no tarot reads. I'll take that too. But if you want one, I've had a couple people talk to me about it. Happy to do it. I want a little future meditation. Very down for that. I'm not doing much. So DM me. I wish you could have predicted what the Soviet Union was up to. Yeah, me too. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been pretty helpful for everybody. But I didn't. But let's get these Russians involved in this story. On July 8th, United Press reported that Soviet Vice Counsel Eugene Tunaztev denied the responsibility for the disks, saying that Russia respects the sovereignty of all governments and by no stretch of the imagination would use another country for a proving ground. Mm. American officials agreed, dismissing speculation that the disks might be secret weapons of use in bacteriological warfare. A thousand dollar rewards were offered in three different parts of the country. In Los Angeles, the World Inventors Exposition announced a $1,000 reward for flying disc by the end of the week. So people wanted proof. Yeah, they, they did. said, listen, can you show us something? Can you give us something? Yeah, and $1,000 back then? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I'm bad with inflation it, you numbers. Think it's, but... You think it's 1100 these days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> big money. Big money. A lot of it was going around. There was enough. Mm-hmm. There was so many reports. Yeah. In such a short amount of time, not over the course of 10 years, over a course of a few months, you can't blame people for being intrigued, curious, a little cautious about what's happening here. Can everybody be wrong? Yeah. And also scared. Like I think about if I were getting inundated with these reports, I would be thinking about, am I next to see something? Is this going to affect me in any way? What's going to happen? What is it like to experience this thing? It makes me anxious just thinking about it now, much less like what it must have been like in the midst of it. On July 8th, comments by the White House press secretary, Charles G. Ross, who jokingly shared a telegram from a professional juggler who reported that the saucers were things used in his act that got out of hand. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Hal Boyle authored a satirical report from inside a flying saucer. So some people were Uh having a little fun with Uh it. But uh, not helpful, I would say. (laughs) Not helpful, but at least it showed that some people... Also, maybe denying the idea that there's maybe possibly other life out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I do think the culture digesting this information in a way that has some levity is probably productive in its own way. But again, all this stuff just feels like it complicates things sometimes. On July 8th, it was reported that Norman Hargrave reported finding an object containing the inscription, quote, military secret of the United States of America. Another non-verified story, the disc being recovered on the Texas Gulf Coast. Flying disc reports spread to Sydney, Australia, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Copenhagen, Denmark. By July 8th, reports had spread to 41 states. 
And then there was the Roswell incident. Oh, yeah. In July 1947, a balloon train came down on Foster Ranch, about 75 miles northwest of Roswell, New Mexico. Rancher Mac Brazel, who had been reading about flying saucers, reported it to a local sheriff, who in turn reporting a crash flying saucer to Mayor Jesse Marcel at Roswell Army Airfield. However, the local press caught wind of it. The debris, totaling some five pounds of foil and aluminum, and described in detail by Mac Brazel, was recovered by officials from Roswell Army Airfield. These balloon trains were a long, ultra-low-frequency antenna designed to detect Soviet nuclear tests. This became known as Project Mogul. The newspaper, the Roswell Daily Record, reported that a flying saucer was captured. The next day, they printed a correction that it was merely a weather balloon. Along with an interview with Mac Brazel, who deeply regretted the unwanted publicity generated by his misidentification, it was seldom discussed until a renewed interest in the late 1970s, especially with the book The Roswell Incident, along with endless conspiracy theories. Of course. The Roswell Incident kind of came from this craze that was happening. Totally. And then a newspaper, because they need a story. Jump right on it, you know? Make it happen. God, we desperately want weather balloons to be UFOs. We really do. And we love the idea of like the mysteriousness of the desert combined with the context of people just being hyper aware of UFOs and the possibilities of extraterrestrial life. It's all very exciting. New interviews with individuals offering information about the crash in the 1980 publication of Charles Berlitz's book, The Roswell Incident, breathe new life into the story, turning Roswell into ground zero for UFOlogists and true believers. Rumors of recovered extraterrestrial bodies and a government cover-up gained such a foothold in popular culture that the U.S. government took the unusual step of producing two reports in the 1990s that were set to put the matter to rest. In assembling the massive reports, the Air Force gathered and declassified many documents relating to the Roswell incident. Weighing in at nearly 1,000 pages, the Roswell Report, Fact versus Fiction in the New Mexico Desert, was published in 1994, set out to tell Congress and the American people everything the Air Force knew about the Roswell claims. A chill thousand-page thing trying to communicate a message of alien life. <laughs> Should have invented a podcast. You could have could broken have this down well. to a season. <laughs> the second government publication, 1997's The Roswell Report, Case Closed, oh. came days shy of the Roswell incident's 50th anniversary. The report said, I witnessed accounts tied to the 1947 recovery, occurred years later, becoming tangled up in time and further strengthening the Roswell incident's hold on the public's imagination. Quote, Air Force activities which occurred for many years have been consolidated and are now represented to have occurred in two or three days in July 1947, the report said. Aliens observed in the New Mexico desert were anthropomorphic test dummies that were carried aloft by U.S. Air Force high-altitude balloons for scientific research. Mm. Despite the military's assertion that the Roswell incident was the side effect of Cold War secrecy and sci-fi fantasies, the story retains a vital spot in UFO lore. The town of Roswell has turned into a tourist destination, hosting the International UFO Museum and Research Center and an annual Roswell UFO Festival. And of course, TV shows. Absolutely. I mean, movies. I, I would love to visit Roswell. I think it, in and of itself, is I'm sure a they would love it too, because it probably yeah, brings money. Yeah, they want money my in. money. Yeah, they and you want to give money. it to them. And I, listen, I'll buy alien beef jerky for $25. Absolutely. I'm all about t-shirts, mugs, snacks. Like, I'm the target audience for Roswell, New Mexico. I'll say it. I'm brave enough to say it.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.